Well, here's my whole, here's my whole thought on prayer as we focus into this new year. I, I have no idea what 2018 holds, right? I have no idea what the future holds. But I do, by reading scripture, I do know who holds the future in our lives. Amen? And I believe that when we partner with God, when we pray and we ask him to lead us and guide us, that's my goal for my life is that get closer and closer to God's will for my life throughout my life. And uh, I believe that as we pray and that, uh, that things like that will happen. I believe that God will do that. Y'all with me on that? Fantastic. And, and, and here's what I love also starting a new year every year. Let me just tell you, like up front, uh, I'm probably, I don't know that I'm in the majority on this thinking, but I think that this thinking has a reason to it. Let me just say, because when I read the book of Genesis and it says that God on the first six days created and on the seventh day, he rested, he stopped creating. I believe that's a literal six days because, um, and you can not believe that we can still be great friends, go to lunch, still go to church here, all that kind of good stuff. We're, we're all entitled to that. But the reason I believe that is because in heaven, there are no days or nights. It's just, it's just, and what we would think as a day is what it describes as. It's just light all the time. You don't need to rest. Everything's fine. And I think God told us that for our reason. And there are people that will say, well, it translates to this and it means this. But I think throughout Scripture, God tells us times for a reason so that you and I will understand it. Does that make sense? And the reason I say that, the reason I start with that is because talking about this message today, I believe that God gives us a new day Every day. Isn't that great? Like it's, it's, a, it's a fresh start every single day. You have a new opportunity. Yesterday was terrible. Well, guess what? You have a new day today. Yesterday was long. Today you have a new day today. And what's great about that, where we are now here, it is New Year's Eve today. Well, we have a great opportunity because tomorrow we draw a line in the sand. That was last year. And today is an entirely new year. Aren't you glad about that? Like, I, I'm, I'm very appreciative for those things. I think God does those things on purpose for us. Now, I know the calendar, when we start talking about how it was invented and all that, God didn't invent the calendar, but the whole perspective of time and starting over again and all of that, I believe, is definitely from God, and it's for a reason. It allows you and me to get a fresh start all the time, and, and that's what I want to read about today. I'm going to set this up. I'm going to read you a passage out of Isaiah 43. Just for you today. It is awesome. I'm praying that God just, just totally revolutionizes your thinking about a new year today. Because I, I believe that your thinking determines what you'll do in this life. The Bible says that as a person thinks, so they are. What's going on in this little cranium up here is what we're going to live out. It's what we're going to think about, speak, and do in our lives. So in Isaiah 43, let me just give you the rough shot of it. For the last several decades, the, the Israelites have been captive by the Babylonians, all right? The Babylonians, the bad guys, they came into Israel, they conquered them, they killed a bunch of them, they took the rest of them as slaves back to Babylon. And, and now some of them, Babylon took over Israel, some of them stayed there, but either way, they're slaves. Can everybody say it's been a bad year? Yeah, it is a bad year for the Israelites. But what's great is, in the middle of a bad circumstance or a bad year or a bad day or whatever, in the middle of that for them, God was already working and speaking something to them. And if you read throughout Scripture, you find this all throughout Scripture. And I believe it will give you some big hope and big focus for 2018. All right, so let's, let's read this. Now, the way God starts off, I'll, instead of me stopping in the middle of it, I'll let you know. He starts off reminding them 
about him leading the Hebrews out of Egypt. You know, the whole Prince of Egypt thing. Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. When they got to the Red Sea, they were trapped between the, the, the ocean and Pharaoh's army, the Egyptian army. And God made a way through the Red Sea where he opened up the sea. They walked across on dry land. He closed it on the Egyptian army. He alludes to that here. Now, this is in the message version. And the reason it is, I love reading the message version because it's the easiest version to understand. That's why I read it because I like to understand what I read. I don't read the King James version not because I have anything against Mr. James. It's because I don't understand it. It's another language. All right, so follow along with me. This is what it says. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves. This He's talking about parting the Red Sea. The God who summons horses, chariots, and armies. They lie down and then can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Now, pause there for a minute. What he's saying is, the thing that Israel feared. I want you to get this before we go on. The thing that Israel feared was the Egyptians, right? The Egyptian army. Most of us, all of us probably have things of 2017 I don't want around anymore. Like I want those things to never happen again. Those situations, all that. I don't want that anymore. And what God is reminding them in in the middle of a bad situation, he's saying, listen, do you remember you're pinned between the ocean and the army and I made a way and not only did I not just close up the ocean and so the so the army the bad guys your bad situation couldn't get to you instead I drew them in I let them follow you can you imagine if you're the the Hebrews going why are you letting them cross the ocean too wouldn't that be exactly what we're thinking why are you letting them come across God said yeah just chill I'm sure that's what he said in the King James Version he said just chill and he draws them right into the ocean and closes up. And he said, and I snuffed out your problems thousands of years ago with your great, 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 great grandfathers. I snuffed out those problems just like blowing out a candle. That's how difficult it is for me. Isn't that great? Like he's reminding them thousands of years later, a thousand of years later, I can do it again. And so right in the middle of your situation, they're not free from Babylon. They're still captives. This is what God says. Look at the rest of it. So, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? Anybody like that at all? I love that scripture. In the middle of their troubles, in the middle of the situation they're going through, God's saying, hey... Don't be focused on that. Remember what I did, but forget about what's happened. Forget about the Babylonians, even though you're in slavery. Forget about all the junk that's happened last year because I am already working. I'm about to do something brand new, and I want you to see it. When he says, don't you see it? Don't you see it? I'm already putting out signs. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the story doesn't stop in Isaiah 43? That you have 40, I mean... That uh, I'm sorry, in 42, that you have 43 to read? Aren't you glad that so many of the stories in the Bible doesn't stop when it's in a bad time? That you can turn the page and there's another chapter and another story that continues about those people. That God wants to lead them out. And every story throughout scripture over and over and over. Whether it was Adam and Eve, I'm so glad that when they sinned and God came down... That the story doesn't end right there. God kicks them out of Garden of Eden and that's it. Never going to talk to you humans again. I'm so glad that it doesn't end there. I'm so glad you can turn the page and keep reading that God had a plan. Amen? 
I'm so glad that when the world got corrupt and God said, I'm going to wipe it off and start over again, but I'm going to save a group of people through Noah to keep the the world going. I'm glad that when God just got upset that the story didn't end right there. I'm glad you can turn the page and see that God had a plan to get us out of there. And I'm glad over and over and over throughout scripture that you can turn the page and the story keeps going. And what I want to tell you today, what the, the, the message title today and the theme of today is to turn the page. God is still writing your story today. Amen? I want you to know, wherever you are, if you're in the Babylonian camp or you're enslaved or whatever the situation is, can I tell you that God has not forgotten you? He knows right where you are and he is saying, hey, turn the page. It's time now to rewrite the story. It's time to continue on. It's time to remember what God did, how he'd let other people out. Well, that's what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to lead you out of that. And I want you to understand that all throughout Scripture, God has said, turn the page. And and in my life, when I start thinking about 2018, I keep telling myself for the last couple of weeks as I came up with this message, I'm like, oh, I so want to turn the page. And I want God to continue building on this, continue growing. Like, listen, aren't you glad that all the stuff we studied last month about Christmas, that when they said, hey, there's going to be a baby in that manger, and that's going to be a sign to you. Aren't you glad the baby didn't stay the baby? Like you turned the page and it grew into our Messiah. It gave its life. I mean, like there's more to that story that makes the baby worth it. But the baby was a sign for us. Does that make sense? Like it's part of the story. God says, keep turning the page. There's more to it. And, and I hope in my life, I really hope that the sky of 20 at the end of 2018, is unrecognizable to the Scott today. Does that make sense? Like, I want to turn the page and God to keep writing. Like, I'm not done. Can I get an amen on that? Are, are, are you done growing in your faith? Are you done understanding God? I'm not done. I, I want to turn the page and God to keep my story going. I, I think about areas of my life. I want, I want every area of our lives to grow, to turn the page and to keep growing. I want to grow in my spiritual life, obviously. I want to look for opportunities for God to work in my life. But can I tell you, I want to, I want to grow in my relationships. I want to turn the page in my relationships and let God do things in my relationships. I want, I want to turn the page in my health and continue to understand my health and grow in my health. And I want to In every area of my life, I want God to continue writing, continue to do new things in my life, continue to turn the page. To continue writing his will. Amen? You know what's great about that? Here's my, my, my favorite thought of the entire day. If you'll let God continually lead you and guide you and steer you and redirect you and, and continue writing his story in your life. If you'll continue to turn the page. What happens is every so often we get on the same page as God. And things get really clear. I love, I always picture like God knows exactly where he's going. Does that make sense? Like I always thought this is the way my life was going to be. Just that's it. Six steps to success. That's the way you do it right there. Well, that's not it at all. This is how success goes. Y'all have all seen that, right? It just goes like this. Well, but every now and then if you keep saying, yes, Lord, I remember what you did when I was 25. Yes, Lord, I remember what you did when I was 28. I remember what you did when I was 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember those things, and I'm still looking for you in my life. What happens is your life goes back and forth, and every now and then your path crosses exactly where God is in, in this world. You're like, you get right in line with God's will, and you get to see clearly. Like, those times when you go, Lord, you want 
mercy in this relationship. And I want mercy. You want generosity in my life. And I want generosity. You want obedience in my life. And I want generosity. Just check and see if you're listening. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like there are those times when you go, I am right in the middle of God's will. Like I feel like God's leading me today. And it may be a day or a week or a month. And then it's kind of like, okay, that's me feeling my way back. Like continually letting God rewrite your story. Just like Isaiah 43 showing us that even in the middle of our tragedy, in the middle of confusion, and not everybody, even some of the people in Isaiah 43, you read, they were very successful. They were succeeding in the Babylonian culture. But that's not what God wanted for them ultimately, right? Even in the middle of their success, God said, I want my will for your life. Does that make sense? I want my will for your life. And, and all of those things, they just take place one small step at a time. Very few people throughout Scripture took giant leaps, like where God comes down and says, Les, I'm choosing you to lead. Most of the time, it is every day me making those wise decisions, me saying yes to God, allowing him to write my story in my life, saying, yes, I want what you want. I'm going to do what you ask. And allowing my story and God's story to align. Does that make sense? And last week, ma'am, well, a couple of weeks ago, me and my daughter were talking, and I had looked in her car. I was working on something in her car, and she's got this little girly Tupperware thing that's about three or four inches in the floorboard of her car. And for the last, since March, when she got a car, she started putting all of her change in there. And it's like full of silver change. And I was like, Avery, you need to be careful with that. It's parked in the high school parking lot. Someone's going to bust that window and reach in and get that. You know, dad's always thinking the, the worst is what she thinks. And so yesterday she said, I'm going to take it to the, or Friday, I'm going to take it to the bank and I'm going to cash all that in. I said, that'd be a great idea. And so 30 minutes later, whatever, she came back and she came walking in and I mean, she's just got her chest out. She's all excited. She goes, do you know how much money was in that Tupperware? And I said, how much? And it was me and Jenny sitting there and she said, $55. And Jenny said, wow, you're rich. And she said, I know. Just like that. I mean, it just like made her day. And immediately, like looking at the countenance on her face and how excited she was and everything, I thought, that's exactly what I'm trying to do in my spiritual life. Does that make sense? Like I'm trying to, every day I'm trying to make little deposits. So I'm hoping that, hey, when it comes time, when God says, hey, it's time right now, like I'm doing something new and it's time to write that next story, that God can cash in on that. And I feel rich because of all the small deposits that I have made. Does that make sense? That, that's what I want God to do. Throughout scripture, like getting ready for a New Year's Eve service, like I wanted to find this incredible story and encourage everybody to set goals and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, the best story is, is all of the stories. Because if you stop in the middle of the stories, they're terrible stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they crucified Jesus. They take his body down. They put him in the tomb. Story's over. Y'all have a nice day. You're dismissed. Aren't you glad somebody turned the page and kept writing? Like God said, no, 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 that story's not over. And I just want to tell you today, like, if you're here, and you are, you're here today. And the reason you're here is because God's not finished with your story. Every one of us have chapters, or uh, my favorite word in my 40s is seasons. You have seasons you go through. You have seasons of different things in life. I never knew that when I was 25, 
But I'm starting to figure some of those things out. There's seasons of life. And my job is to say, Lord, whatever season of life I'm in, turn the page. Write another story. Keep me going. I'm drawing breath, and I know it's on purpose. You have a reason you want to hear. That last song meant so much to me because it's exactly what the message is today. It's our breath in your lungs that pours out our praise to you. The reason that I'm here is because God's not finished with our stories yet. Amen? So I'm going to be brief today. I'm going to give you real quick, just from me, three things to help you be a page turner. How about that? Three quick things. It's too cold to preach very long in here. But to help you be a, a page turner. Because I want that. I want, I want us all to make the destination. Does that make sense? Like I want us all to get to heaven. But if I read scripture correctly, the Bible is not about heaven as much as it is about the journey. Is about your life. Your life is what determines heaven. Does that make sense? And it's about those decisions and those acts of will saying, yes, Lord, I want what you have in my life. I'm, I will obey. My least favorite word in the Bible, obey. The most rewarding word in the Bible. That's why it's so difficult. But I want God to continue writing with me. And these are three things that helped me for the last 20 years to Maybe a page turner. The first one is this. It's habits. The first one is habits. The stuff you do every day. The little things, those little deposits, those little things that you do, habits every single day that build up to who you really are. I used to tell kids 15 years in youth ministry, I'd tell students, don't worry about, you know, everybody goes to camp and they're super excited and they're going to go to school and win everybody to Jesus. And I'm like, that's awesome. But don't go to school judging people and tell them that's wrong and that's right and tell them you're, all these things that happen in your life. Do this. Go to school and just live what you actually believe. Just live it. Don't be judgmental, anything like that. And then when kids go, what's wrong with you? Or what's right with you? Or what's different with you? Then connect the dots to what God's doing in your life. And I watch that over and over and over to kids. In fact, I remember when one of our kids was on the football team. And he was saying, I'm going to get them to pray. And we're going to pray because he was the quarterback. And he was like, I'm not going to run plays unless we pray. I'm like, I'm like hold the horses there, Slick. When you force it on people, a lot of times you turn off as many people as you turn on. Instead, why don't you just be the coolest quarterback in the world, and when people ask about it or talk to you about it or you know, want to know what you believe, then you can connect the dots. And I remember one of the last years of our youth ministry, this kid and like 20 students that were football players coming from the football team. And you know what it was from? It wasn't because we had the coolest building or the best music or I was the greatest youth pastor in the world. Is because they had watched their quarterback try to live for God. That's it. The habits in his life were changing according to what God was doing in his life. God was writing his script and he was trying really hard. He wasn't perfect. And I remember those times when he would come to me and go, you know, did you hear what I did? I said, yes, I'm going to break your neck and then we're going to pray for healing, okay? And he would, because <laughs> that's what I felt like with that. Because you have so much progress and I'm like, you know what? He's just like us. And I just walk him through. This is how you do that, man. Don't worry about it. We're going to keep moving forward. Well, there's five people that won't serve Jesus because of me. And I said, then learn a lesson and keep moving forward. We can't do anything about yesterday. And to watch his influence over the last year of his school, high school, over those football players was amazing. And that happened in multiple groups, multiple people that would just go and live it out. And so I want, I want to encourage you with your habits. Try this. There's no way if I said today, okay, start 10 new habits this year. It's not happening. Probably not three new habits. But here's what I want to encourage you. Try this to help make an opportunity for God to write your story. Create one 
positive habit in your life this year? One. Maybe that's reading first thing when you get up. Maybe that's walking around your living room praying. I don't know. I don't, maybe it's giving or serving. I don't know what that is. Ask God. You probably know right off the top of your head. But say, God, what is one thing I could do that would be a small deposit every day that would build up in my life so when I needed to cash it in, I'd have the character or the integrity or the strength or the faith to do that. I tell you, if you really feel gutsy for the new year, think about your most harmful habit and cut that. That boy, your neighbor, say he's talking to you. The second one is this. Habits are important, but words come next. Let me just tell you, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. We all know that. Anybody that you care for, people you don't care for, people that comment on your social media, don't care for them. They say horrible things and you walk around all day. It's like, am I really fat, dumb, stupid, and ugly? I mean, is that really me? Because words, they will give life. They will build people up. They will encourage them. Or words will tear people down and destroy them emotionally, physically, mentally. And so I want to encourage you this year, not to just create a habit, but let it be a, a, a year of speaking positive, of speaking godly things, of speaking helpful things, of speaking life. How about that? You want one of the most powerful things you will ever do in this world? Learn to speak life. Just say, you know, I'm not speaking, I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to talk mean about people. I'm not going to say what I would do if I wasn't a Christian. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I'm going to focus this year, the one thing on my words, I'm just going to focus on speaking life. I'm going to focus on speaking life. And if, and if that's life that I'm putting out there, let's see how much life comes to harvest in your life. Amen? I believe that. One habit, one new habit, and a life speaking, a, a year speaking life. And the last one, it's the toughest. Are you ready for this? It's thoughts. It's the hardest for me. And I work all of these backwards, and I'll flip them and show them to you. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm a person of input. Like, I I'm, I'm constantly have input in my life, and I have to watch it. Because, like, even last night, I'm, I am watching a football game, and I have a, a YouTube podcast, video podcast that I'm watching on my phone simultaneously while I'm doing that. Because the, I, I, just, I need that input. And I'll, I'll have my headphones in, and I'm reading a book, or I'm studying a message and have the music blaring. It freaks my wife out. She's like, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, it actually... It actually kind of builds a little cocoon around me. I love all the input stuff going on and everything. Like, that's, that's who I am. But what I've also had to learn is, can I just give you something super profound? That not everything that you get as input is good for you. And what happens when you have all of the, you know, every song you ever wanted, every video you ever wanted, all the social media and all that, you have to be very intentional about what you allow in. Because about a year ago, I shared this with the first service, about a year ago, uh, I'm, you know, the last couple of years I've been getting up in the morning, going to the gym, and every day I still listen to either my uh, motivational music playlist, my mu- motivational speech playlist, or my motivational YouTube playlist that's got a little bit of everything in it, just to keep me motivated. Because if I don't, can I just tell you, like every single day, my brain fights me to get out of that warm bed. Every day. Like it's been two and a half years, it's not one inch easier. Still difficult. But what I, about a year ago, I just said, you know what? This is just going to be hard forever. So I'm going to figure out ways to help it. 
And that's what my playlist, I listen to that. I just go, it's going to be terrible. Just get up and get to the bathroom. You know, it's like just get in there where the clothes are. You can turn on some lights, you know, force yourself that far. And about a year ago, listening to some stuff, you know, listening to a, a certain person and they, their language was kind of off. And I was like, oh, I can get over that. And then there, some of the stuff they talked about was kind of off. And I'm like, oh, and I just kind of justified it here, justified it there. And before long, just on my own, after not listening to them for a week, I was thinking some of those things. And I was thinking about how to do those things and would that work in my life. And I was like, wait, I don't believe that way. And it was really one of those just moments on the treadmill when I said, listen, these little seeds cause big weeds in my thought life. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, that's good stuff. And, and for me, that's been a saying of mine now for the last year is I have to be very intentional about all my input because of this. Remember, I said I'm going to flip all these. Because as a person thinks, so they are. So I I want a bunch of input into my life. I love all of that. For me, it gives me uh, fuel for thinking and things for for God to direct me in and all that. But I have to pick what's the good stuff, what's the positive stuff to put in my head. And from my thoughts, I often find that my speech is curtailed. My speech is directed by what's going on up here. What am I thinking about? Am I stressed? My speech is elevated. (laughs) Am I excited? My speech gives life. Those kind of things. And from there, it plays out its habits in my life. Things that I find really important get done. They become habits in my life. And the things that I don't think are very important, I just don't let them happen. Does that make sense? So those three for me, having a habit or two that changes in my life that's very positive, gets me in the right direction. The the words that I speak... When God says that the power of life and death is in the tongue, he, he doesn't mean that just for everybody else. It's for you too. I want to be a life giver. And thirdly, our thoughts. As a person thinks, so they are. If I want God to be able to take the pages of my life and continue to turn them and not stop a story, but continue to write, continue to grow in my faith, continue to grow as a believer, continue to grow as a a husband and a father, continue to grow as a pastor and a leader, all of those things, then I'm going to have to create some avenues in my life that makes room for God's will to happen. Does that make sense? Like I have to put some things in place that says, Lord, I'm making a way for you to move in my life. Not that, not that he can't move past anything, but I don't want somebody, I don't want God to be looking at me like he was the Israelites. He goes, you don't even see what's going on. Forget the past. Keep looking toward the future. I want to constantly, constantly be looking toward the next page. Constantly be saying, thank you, Lord, for delivering me today. But 2018 is going to be a better year than next year. Amen. A couple of things that I do, like, like let me just share. Nobody in this room, okay, nobody in here. But like I purposely, over the last week, I've gone through all of my social media and just unfollowed hundreds of people. All the, because sometimes I just pick up people throughout the year. Oh, so-and-so like that. I'll like them too, you know, and start following them. And it's not the stuff that I want in me, in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. I just have to go through. So the last couple of days, and like I say, nobody in here, but people from all over the country that I've followed, businesses, and all, I just unfollow. I'm just thinning all of that out. That's one of my ways to be intentional. And like one of my habits, last year, I shared this with everybody, I'm, I, I, I'm terrible at fasting. I think it's super, it's one of the most incredible things that we pass up on in our faith, and I'm terrible at it. I hate it. Can I get an amen on that? 
It's never fun. It's never comfortable, but I always have a payoff from it. So last year I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on my calendar certain days, and I'm going to fast one day a month, and then a couple of times a year I'm going to fast three days throughout through through that. And because the year before, the years before, I fasted one or two days the entire year, and I'm like, gosh, that's so irresponsible, you know. I'm trying to grow in my faith. Well, last year I did not fast a day every single month. Did you know that? But I fasted about five times what I did the year before. Does that make sense? So I'm not, I'm not shooting for perfection. But what I'm shooting for, like in my habits, are those little deposits that make a way for me to grow in my faith. God wants to continue writing my story. It's not about being perfect. It's about giving God the ink and the pen and the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm looking for what you're doing next. Do something brand new. Do some brand new experience. I want new experiences. Amen? I want God to do new things in my life. I don't want to be, I don't want to be 27-year-old in my faith and be like five years old mature-wise. You know, have you ever seen a kid that is too old on a bottle? You know what I mean? Drinking out of a bottle? Come on, 17 years old is too old, right? Well, how about somebody that's been in church for 50 years, but they're still acting like a 17-year-old spiritually? I don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? I want to continually grow. I want to let God say, stop that and start that and go here and go there and watch out and pray and think and fast and all of these things so that he can continue writing our story. I want 2018 to be better than 2017, and I want it to be all about God. Amen? Are you with me on that? Would you like God to keep writing your story? I do not, I'm not ready for him to put the end on my last page. In fact, I keep... I keep I, I'm 48, and by statistics, I'm over halfway done with my life. Well, my prayer is since I started late at 23, I didn't get saved till 23, I'm praying that God bumps that a little bit, and my best spiritual years are still ahead. My athletic years are way gone. Spiritual years, I hope they're piled up in heaps waiting for me to make that de- deposit over and over and over in those habits, my speech. And my thoughts, and when God says, hey, here's the new thing. You ready for this chapter? I'm going to say, sign me up. Let's go. Let's pray for that today. That in 2018, God would continue writing, continue doing things in our life. Continue allow to lead us to be a part of his story. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much on this December 31st, the last day of the year. I believe that you give us new beginnings and new starts from our days to our weeks to our years I pray that today, Lord, today's the first day of the rest of our lives. I pray that you would bless the lives of everyone in this room. That you would help us to hear your spirit, to feel the nudge, the tug of your spirit as you guide us and direct us. Lord, as you speak to our heart, our minds, our thoughts, as you speak through your word and through prayer, I pray that you would show us that you have much more to write about our lives. And what we currently are going through is not the end. The next chapter is being written. You're going to do a brand new thing, and we want to see it. Lord, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for being patient with us, not giving up on us, having hope and purpose for our lives. That's the reason we praise you. That's the reason we lift you up. That's the reason we gather here on days like today to celebrate you, what you've done in our lives. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.